Time now for another Thrash Pie Radio podcast. This is where I get to celebrate the pure rock years of Southern California's heavy metal flagship, KNAC-FM. I am Thrash Pie, your favorite guy. My conversation with uh, program director Brian Schock continues here, our inside radio look into... And we're heading into the to the end of days. We weren't standing around with sandwich boards and, you know, the end is near or any of that kind of stuff. But, you know, it became pretty evident that the station was going to go off the air. And the rumors began to circulate and, and still circulate to this day as to what actually happened. I've I, I've heard, uh, you know, you know, some audience members say, I heard the government shut you guys down. I heard... Uh, you know, the FCC came in and was, uh, you know, finally put the clamps on you for playing stuff like uh, Iron Maiden and, y- you know, uh, anything that had some sort of colorful language in it or, you know, was uh, anti-feminist or any of that kind of thing. People who just flat out didn't get it. Anything uh, that you hear along those kind of lines is utter BS. Um, unfortunately, it's pretty cut and dry in terms of a business sense. Um Despite those many, many stories about the demise of KNAC, Brian Schock was there and actually knew about it before most of it, and um, it turned out to be quite a different story. It was kind of, there were kind of two things that happened. One, Fred Sands owned the radio station for the first eight years. It was pure rock. And Fred decided to sell, I'm guessing because the price was right, uh, to a company called Key Market. And Key Market, when they took over, they decided we needed a, a consultant and all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, who in the hell is going to consult a station like ours? Who out there could even do that? But we did settle on a guy who was uh, overseeing a, a, a network called Z-Rock. I'm kind of glad we did in the end because I found somebody who ended up being a, a radio partner of mine for many years afterwards named Malcolm Riker. Through that, that, and I bring him up for a reason. Malcolm had come in uh, through this, and 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 Key Market had come in, and and Key Market kind of changed the landscape there. They, I think, sensed that the value of stations was about to take off. The I think the only reason that KNAC went away, Fred sold it and made a decent profit and within the year that key market had it i think they sold it and made a really good profit it sold it to lieberman exactly yeah that's the reason that knac went away it wasn't any kind of failure on knac's part it was actually the fact that somebody saw the value of the signal which i believe because of our programming knac showed that the signal was actually worth buying. You know, it was an inferior signal in L.A., but we showed that it was a signal that could actually get listeners. And, you know, that you value a radio station by showing that you can get a number of listeners. So our success, to a certain degree, probably led to our demise. (laughs) And there's another uh, 105.5 signal up in Ventura, which, had it been combined with ours and we could have, uh, you know, done a, a, a repeater signal, you know, simulcast the signal, whatever, however it's it's explained. Um, and my understanding is that the Lieberman Broadcasting Company owned 105.5 and was bidding 
for our 105.5 so that they could have that coverage. And, and that makes sense because, you know, the Latin stations in, the, in L.A. at that time, they were going through the roof. If we were growing nicely, they were going through the roof. So uh, and I, I'm not sure whether that makes any sense to you, that, that take on it. But um, Well, I, I tell you what, what it does tell me. It really explains why I thought you were playing Julio Iglesias once. <laughs> yeah, me and Julio, we're pals. So anyway, the guy, the consultant from Z-Rock, uh, I don't know how close you are with him. My experience with him was through the Burkhart Abrams Agency, a consultant agency that consulted AORs. And the first FM job that I ever had was on a Burkhart Abrams station. So I met, um, oh, Lee Michaels was one of their big guys. He came around. And, um, and that was Lee Abram. He came to the station. Remember that afternoon I went to sleep in the meeting? <laughs> How could you go to sleep in a meeting with Lee Abrams? <laughs> here's, a, here's a Lee Abrams meeting. Uh, I mean, he would start every sentence with, uh, like, on 11. Right. And he'd bring the tone down and start the sen- you know, and start saying actual words. Um, that was a I, crazy uh, meeting. That was, I, I kind of sniffed it out at that point. I thought, uh-oh. This guy wants to put Xerox on our signal. <laughs> That's well, what I thought. But never, he never did. I mean, the beauty of that is Key Market let me pick the consultant, which was very cool of them. They never really told me what to do. So it, it really was just, it, it was a pure, I don't know what the numbers were, but I know that Key Market made a really nice profit in a very short period of time on a station that they had absolutely no clue what it was about. Because Key Market was based on the East Coast. Uh, you, you've heard of the, the froggy format, the country format, froggy? That was theirs. So they were froggy heavy. And I remember I had to go to Nashville for a meeting of, uh, you know, it was a, a corporate meeting. So all of the stations were there, and we all had to get presentations. And if you, you want to talk about a room full of people who were completely confused when we did our thing, <laughs> they, they realized they were completely out of place. It was like... Really, we got a chance to make a lot of money, and we get to get, get rid of these guys. Okay, we're in. Wow! Again, uh, it, it was kind of sad, but yeah, it was a business decision, and uh, pure and simple. At the end of the station, though, I want to. There's one thing I want to point out. I was pretty bummed out when when we were going to go away, and and quite frankly, I probably probably wasn't in the right frame of mind at the time. There was somebody working there who to a certain degree, was a complete asshole about pushing to be doing some things to celebrate the nine years that we were on the air. And his name was Mike Stark. <laughs> and, and, and I, and I want to thank him to this day for, for being that way and for pushing to, 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 for us to go out the right way. Because I can tell you, if it wasn't for Mike, I'm not sure that our send-off would have been as good as it was. Well, I got to tell you, it, it actually was very, very good. I still have one complete air check, and it's from it's the last day that I was on the air, and which was actually the day before the station went off the air. Because you remember we did uh, we got everybody down to the station, and you were on the air pretty much the whole time, as I recall. Um, and you know, trading on and Hung off. Over. With, yeah, <laughs> you know, I was I was so heartbroken. I was just you know I I turned my asshole self up to a hundred percent. I just I just I went full out. I did. I was, you know, I if I could have behaved any any more badly, I don't know how I could have done it. But yeah, I was. Well, it was it was def, it was definitely stark trotting that that got me off my ass and 
got me to putting things together. And Malcolm did just an amazing job on on collecting all of the the stuff that you know, all of the the audio and putting together just a, a fantastic finale for us. And and I'd be remiss not mentioning Stu Herrera, who was our imaging and production guy for many many years, uh, and put together a lot of great things. I mean, you could go on and on and on. And yeah, and and yes, you could go on and on and on about the uh, wonderful things that happened in order to say goodbye uh, to our audience and uh, to each other, pretty much. Although uh, many of us have kept in touch. Um, the Malcolm Stryker name is maybe not one that's a public name, but M- Malcolm did a brilliant production for us in the waning months of KNAC's existence. And that's, uh, you know, his uh, his hour-long historic production piece uh, on KNAC and its pure rock years is on iTunes. And uh, it was available as a Thrash Pie podcast Extra special, kind of like a second time through with your baby. If you know what I'm talking about, you can listen to that. And uh, Mike Stark, the king of radio show producers, whose uh, studio I sit in at this very moment, was the the guy that uh, gave motivation to Brian there to to say goodbye in a in a in a proper way to KNAC. And of course, Stu Herrera, who has done extremely well and is a great production uh, great production person and talent in his in his own right. So there you have a little bit of inside baseball, and you know the history of 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 it going away is not quite as as monumentally dastardly as as everyone would have thought. It was a pure business decision. But one comment about the format, you know, when Brian was talking about valuing a signal, and this is also very inside radio, you value a signal by the uh, by, and you judge it by the uh, uh, amount of audience people that it can draw. Well, KNAC had a crappy signal, and we only drew audience because of the format that we had. I don't know what it's doing today. Uh, it certainly didn't do anywhere near as well before the Pure Rock era. So there you have it. Many, many mysteries dispelled. I'll have more insight into the Pure Rock years of KNAC-FM in the future podcasts. In the meantime, your comments and correspondence of any kind are always welcome at thrashpyradio at gmail.com. Give us a like and a share. Keep your eye on your Facebook page for the next Thrash Pie Radio podcast. <laughs>